time. Time is running out. Calling all patriots and lovers of our constitutionally protected, God-given, self-evident, innate legal rights in Tennessee and the United States of America. If you are sickened by the liberty-eroding activities of a government that hates you, then it is time to wake up. If you are fed up with the tyrannical leadership on display by all levels of government, now is the time to listen to your reveille call. If you are equally tired of the political class, the new aristocracy, lying to you in their pursuit of power and control, now is the time to take a stand in the arena. Please welcome your host, Larry Linton, U.S. Navy veteran and candidate for Tennessee House of Representatives to the Liberty Leadership and Lies podcast. Welcome to this special episode of the Liberty Leadership and Lies podcast, ladies and gentlemen. As promised, I'm resharing the interview I participated in on the JES Biblical Worldview talk show with the host, Mr. Richard May. Today's episode will be the first hour of the show, and I'll release the second hour in a separate episode. This segment is a bit more than 30 minutes after the commercials, news, and weather segments were removed, so please be patient and listen to the whole thing. Then, head over to the website libertyleadershipandlies.com and let me know what you think. Without further ado, here is Hour 1 of the interview. High temperatures reach up to 88. From the FMT Insurance Studios, I'm meteorologist Derek Height for Talk Radio 92.3 and AM 760. Currently, it's 86 degrees. Welcome to the JES Biblical Worldview Hour. Giving you a biblical perspective on faith, culture, news, and politics. Broadcasting live from the FMT Insurance Studios of Talk Radio 92.3 and AM 760. Now, here's your host, Richard May. Went to the well and looked in the mirror, raised the glass to my Greetings and blessings, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters of East Tennessee, to the JES Biblical Worldview Talk Show. I'm Richard May, and over the next two hours, we're going to be talking live in studio right here in eastern Knoxville, and blessed to have with me today Larry Linton, who's running in District 12, which is essentially most of Sevier County, for the State House of Representatives served in the Navy for 30 years, and I was in law enforcement, but not for that long. Larry, tell us a little bit about your background, why you're running. Sure. Uh, Well, my background is, uh, like you mentioned, I served in the United States Navy for 30 years. Uh, Most of that time was spent on submarines. did some ballistic missile submarines and some fast attack submarines. I did one submarine that was a special warfare submarine. We took SEALs all over the the Pacific Ocean. And then I uh, transitioned to the surface Navy, where I was a command senior enlisted leader on a cruiser, and a few shore commands, and I finished out my career as the uh, team lead for the fleet CPO training team where I provided a one-day leadership seminar to senior enlisted all over the globe. Okay, that I, I read that in your bio that you were asked to join this team, and it was the last two years in the Navy, and it was three years. It, it, it humbled you to be brought into that team. What, what was the dynamic of all that? What, what was that team? Why was that team so special? First of all, in the Navy, you get leadership training for most advancements in your pay grade. So every time you get a promotion in the officer line? Enlisted. In the enlisted side. Enlisted side. All the way up to chief petty officer, you get some leadership training. Gotcha. It's a requirement. 
But then after that, once you make chief, say you can make chief at uh, nine years in the Navy, uh-huh. going all the way up, if you don't go to the command senior enlisted realm, your last leadership training was when you made chief. So if you're in there for 30 years, your last leadership training would have been at nine in. Correct. Unless you went into the command senior enlisted leadership realm, mm-hmm. which you get you get a six-week course, the command ethics or ethics and leadership course. Up but in, that's few and far between. Few and far between. It's a, it's a very limited number of command master chiefs in the Navy. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a unique dynamic. They said, hey, we, we need to reinforce this leadership training with all chief petty officers periodically throughout their career. Okay, so they saw that gap, that silence, if you will. Correct. And said, we need to have regular up- updates or whatever you want to talk say. Right, because leadership is a skill set. And just like any other skill set that you have, if you don't train on it and practice with it, it atrophies. Sure. So I went. To, I got selected to go to the team. And then a few months after I was on the team, I was selected to be the lead of that team. And that wow. that's kind of humbling because as a command master chief or command senior enlisted leader at the unit level, you don't have very many peers that you interact with at your unit mm-hmm. because you're the... You're the commanding officer's right-hand man. You're in in what's called the triad, which is the commanding officer, the executive officer, and the command master chief. So what I did in that role, what was impressed upon me in that role, is that I was a mentor to those people in those roles. A mentor to your peers. A mentor to, right, command master chiefs all over the fleet. So that's kind of humbling. I I think, I don't know why that resonated, but being a mentor to your peers. Right. That's almost an oxymoron. Correct, and, that, and that's, that's one of the leadership topics I regularly talk about, even now in my leadership consulting, is that we all know about how we lead up. We, we, we're mentoring our, mm-hmm. or we provide advice to our senior people and whatever organization, and we lead down. We talk to those people that we want to develop into leadership right. roles. But, but leading across and leading each other, horizontally, that's hard. Yes. That's hard. So yes. being asked to serve in that position was very, very humbling. Did you f- approach it with, the attitude or did this develop that at some point you realized that everybody you were going to be mentoring was also bringing something to the table for you? Oh, for, from right out from the outset. Okay. I told every engagement that I was on, I should learn something from them as well as they learned something from me. Because if, yeah. if we don't learn from each other, we failed. The mission has failed. Yeah. And for you listeners out there, that is a biblical worldview that even when Paul was mentoring Timothy, Paul was open to the anointing that Timothy had and held that in very high regard. And even though theirs was not necessarily a peer-to-peer situation, Paul respected what Timothy was bringing to the table. And you have to do that if you want to grow yourself. Exactly right, which that is a very key concept in biblical leadership is that even the master has to respect the servant. Right, and that's Christ-centered servant leadership. That's right, and, and you were literally teaching masters. <laughs> <laughs> right, these are frontline leaders of yeah. their organizations, and right. I was asked to go out to those organizations and help them. Let me ask you this. Uh, that was You got a couple of years of, of a taste of that, at least? Three of them. Okay, so what was your takeaway from that, mentoring your peers? Well, it's something that's drastically needed mm-hmm. uh, because— like I said, if you're not learning, my team and I, we use this phrase, it can, actually comes from Ray Kroc, that if you're green, you're growing. If you're ripe, you're rotting. So <laughs> if you're no longer growing or no longer willing to accept anything, you've re- you think you've reached the pinnacle, you're done. You, there's always room for growth. There's always room for growth. We've got about a minute left before this segment wraps up for our commercial break. When we get back, I want to explore that whole concept of 
peer leadership in politics and what you might do to bring that into your, if elected, into the House of Representatives, that would be a fascinating concept if you could come in, not just with a political agenda, but with a leadership agenda to sharpen the men that are there. What do you think about that? That's really why I'm doing this. Is it really? (laughs) I haven't heard that. The General Assembly needs to learn what servant leadership is because they've all forgotten it. And to sharpen their skills as those political representatives. I've never really heard that before where they go up and they expect to do their job, but how much time do they invest in sharpening those skills? None, because they're being lobbied or getting Bingo. addicted to pack money. All right. Do we have any kind of... Uh, we do. We'll be right back after these messages. When you started laying down the law Thinking of my kids, what's left of them Welcome back to Talk Radio 92.3 FM and AM 760. We are WETR, Knoxville's Talk You Can Trust. I'm live in studio right here in eastern Knoxville and blessed to have with me today Larry Linton, who's running in District 12, which is essentially most of Sevier County for the State House of Representatives. For you listeners out there in Sevier County and and in that district, and I know there's quite a few of you listening to this show, why would you want to vote out an incumbent? I know we've got an incumbent in there, but something has come up on our radar during the Trump administration that may be his greatest achievement, and that was not exposing the agenda of the Democrats. It was exposing what we commonly refer to as the Republicans in name only, that there is a political machine out there where the Republicans and the Democrats are a uniparty. We're starting to refer to them either as the rhinos or the establishment Republicans. And they're honestly, other than the facade that they put on, they're not that much different from the Democrats. And I was shocked at how many people came out never Trumpers on the Republican side during his time in office, Larry. Was that that eye-opening for you? Not really. I I mean, the... Even Barr and Pence shocked me by how a lack of loyalty to the, the president there was. Well, a lack of loyalty to the Constitution. Exactly. And, yeah. and we found this in the Washington, D.C. bureaucracy, and we saw it in the GOP party machinery, where even when he was clearly the voice of the Republican, once he was in office for a year or two, how the GOP party machine worked against him. At Every turn. At every turn. It's amazing he accomplished as much as he did. I know we bellyache that he didn't do more. But to me, the greatest accomplishment that Donald Trump achieved was to reveal how many people in the Republican Party are not true constitutional Republicans. You call them rhinos. I sometimes refer to them as rhinos. But what they actually are, especially here in Tennessee, are trans-publicans. Transpublicans. You have to have the R by your name to get elected, but you don't vote that way. Didn't um, McManus run as a Republican there? At one time. as For the city? Yes. Yeah, and he was a lifelong Democrat. It's the classic example of a trans-Republican. Uh, Trans-Publicans. i got to identify something else, <laughs> not what they really are. So let me ask you this. You chose then because you felt that the current incumbent uh, and his voting record and his deep pocket money solidly puts him in a questionable position 
to fairly re- represent the interest of the citizens of Sevier County. I believe that of most people of the General Assembly, yes. Yes, and I think that it, it, we're not casting aspersions on an individual. We're casting aspersions on a machine that we need to work against. And that's my buildup for my listeners, that Larry is running as an independent, and we need to get a, a, a word out to people. Why vote for an independent? Well, I put it this way, and uh, I use it a lot. Apathy has got us where we're at. Apathy, complacency. Hey, the guy's there. Why not? He's doing a decent job. Leave him there. The lesser of two evils is still an evil, right? The apathy of not voting at all or the apathy of voting strictly based upon party loyalty. Yes. Because you have an R is what's doomed our republic. Well, it, and- it, it's what doomed the re- Democrat Party if earlier because that was really the the party line vote was they hammered that in to their their citizens their, their the voters mm-hmm. early on back in the 60s and 70s you got a straight right. ticket vote and then they get what they got and right look now. at what you got it's not the democrat party anymore no i just call them they're straight up godless communists that's right they are and we got trans publicans that act the way they do but campaign as a republican there you go and so i had to vote i had to go as an independent because i I owe loyalty to the Constitution, and the pinnacle of power in our constitutional republic is the people. That's who I owe loyalty to. Without a huge political machine behind you, it's hard to primary out an incumbent Absolutely. anywhere in the country. Right. I think the latest numbers, in fact, I have a 30-second promo on this station talking about a constitutional republic is not one when 95% of the incumbents keep getting voted in. Correct. That's just not a constitutional republic. No. Because the original intent of the Founding Fathers was to have a occupation and a career, take a, mo- a period of time off to serve the country in public office, and then go back to their private lives. Absolutely. It, and our Tennessee General Assembly almost does that right. They're only in yeah. session for like three, four months of the year. Same with Montana. Right. And at Congress, our U.S. Congress? It's a full-time. Right. Anytime they're in session, our, li- our liberties are eroded. Yeah. Anytime. Becoming a politician is not a career. It's a choice of service to the people, and we need to get back to that. And that's why my hopes are in supporting people like Larry Linton who feel a a call to serve the people. You folks, the best preachers are called by God. In fact, the only true preachers are called by God. It's a calling. That's why they call it a vocation. It's something that is evoked through a calling. Larry has been called by God to get into the political fray. This is not the way he was built. I, 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 I can tell just by what little time I've have had with him, there isn't a, pol- a politician's red cell in his entire <laughs> body. He wants to serve you. And so what happens during the general election for if a Democrat or a Republican wants to vote independent? Is, there any, is that an open type of thing? Yes, the general election, yes. You can vote for anybody that's on the ballot. But the primaries, you have to vote your ticket. Right. Your party. You have to vote party. So how big is the independent party in Tennessee? Or is it? Not very big at all. Is there a a, a formal organization? There is no formal party. There isn't. And I wouldn't adhere to one of those at all. So calling yourself independent doesn't align you with a party. it, uh, It actually takes you away from an alignment with any party. Exactly. Okay, so... I wanted to get that clear to the people, too, because they thought that there would be an independent party. Yeah, there's no independent party. It's you're just, just voting. You're, you're just, in fact, Washington, George Washington, in his farewell address after his presidency, warned the United States against the dangers of political parties. 
and we're living that out right now. Again, <laughs> how prescient were our founding fathers? They were brilliant men. They had to have been inspired. Absolutely. Look at the documents they gave us. Christian founded, inspired documents. Yes. That are being completely ignored. In fact, Jefferson himself said, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ in one of his letters. There's no doubt he wasn't a deist. So in the general election, anybody can vote for someone who has registered as non-aligning with any party. Uh, that, <laughs> that's what independent means here in Tennessee. Right. Okay. That's what independent should always mean. There's, no party alignment. Uh, right, because if you have a party alignment, you're beholden to that party. Mm-hmm. I'm not beholden to any party. I'm beholden to the voters that put me into office. You know, I did a teaching on free will in our West Hills Bible study the other day, and what I was trying to explain is that God created free will, and he gave it to the sentient beings of the heavenly host and of human beings. And in creation, free will is the most powerful force God created, and it's second only to his own will. And that there is a force when we go to choose in an election that is the ultimate exercise as a citizen of our free will. And to me, We have to understand that that we were created with the ability to choose. And it's the single most, because even God honors our choices. Right. You could choose God or you could choose whatever without God. That's right. And you know what the word in Latin for without is? Is sin. (laughs) I can have chili cone carne or I can have chili seam carne. I can have it with meat or without meat. And it's just fascinating to me that even in the wilderness of sin, where where it was T-Z-I-N, it's still that word. It, it's almost like it's been preserved down through the ages to stand for that which is without God. So free will, listeners, it's the single most powerful force in God's creation. And you operate in that when you make choices. And it's my belief that if you are a constitutional conservative, that this is a time to exercise that free will, which God honors. He empowers it to then honor you. Think about King Saul, the very first king of of Israel. It wasn't God's choice. It was the people's choice. But even there in the Bible, it says that he put his spirit in King Saul because he honored God, uh, the people's choice for a king and was trying to help them by putting the good spirit into Saul. And so there is a power out there, folks, or an election that is supernatural, and it's your calling, your duty to choose the proper people for your representatives. And we're going to be going to a commercial break, and when we get back, I'm going to ask a little bit more about Larry's choice in becoming a politician for a season. Welcome back to Talk Radio 92.3 FM and AM 760. I'm Richard May. In studio with me today is Larry Linton, running for House Representative of District 12, and that is most of Sevier County. Larry, um, you have some focus areas. Correct. What are they? First is Tenth Amendment, which is states' rights. Why would that be at the top? Because our constitutional republic was formed with the states as the sovereign over the federal government. We have forgotten that over the course of many generations now. But the federal government is not a partner in our Constitution. They are a product of our Constitution. They are a product of agreement between the states. That all got, that relationship got all turned around and... Civil War pretty much screwed that up permanently. Correct. And then later on, the 
income tax amendment and then the 17th amendment, the 17th. destroying the federalism. So now that the federal government has first cut of our money, they're flipped the relationship on its head where they get to dictate to the states what goes on through the threat of withholding funding. Same thing with the people. Before the show started, I talked a little bit about this idea that the Washington, D.C. bureaucracy, it almost seems like it doesn't matter who the president is anymore. And what's interesting, we were also talking about the mistake of making the Senate elected by the people as opposed to as appointed by the states, which was the original intent. Correct. And so now we see the Senate where there's the fewest number of people representing a state as the most corrupted aspect of the three branches of government. Correct. And that the House of Representatives is their biggest problem. (laughs) The fewer people you have to control, the easier it is at the federal level. And so your point is, is that it's time to, as it says in your handout here, restore the proper balance between the federal system and the state government. Correct, where the state is the sovereign. The state gets to tell. We talked about that nullification earlier. The states can determine that they don't have to follow a federal law, especially if it falls outside their Congress's enumerated powers, Right. which most people don't understand. Congress has very limited powers. They're, they pass legislation. The federal right. Congress. The federal Congress. They actually are supposed to operate within a set of restrictive guidelines. In fact, the Constitution was not designed to restrain the people. The Constitution was designed to restrain the federal government. The federal government, I'm I'm paraphrasing one of our founding fathers. Correct. So I want that role to be reestablished. It's going to take fights. It's going to take strong servant leaders in the General Assembly to stand up to the federal government and say, that is unconstitutional, and it's not going to happen in the state of Tennessee. Do you see that happening in a de facto way already? It's happening all over the country in a de facto way, mostly with liberal pet projects, much uh, like the legalization of certain drugs. Well, it got ramped up when Trump was president. The liberal states right. started Sanctuary ignoring. cities. Yes. Sanctuary states, sanctuary cities. That is nullification. Look at right now that New York is ignoring the current Supreme Court ruling on the Second Amendment. Correct. They're finding ways to, oh, let's do this and take it into another battle in the court system, which is just going to prolong the erosion of the liberty of the people of New York. Most people don't understand. And the Second Amendment is one of my big priorities. The Second Amendment was not put in there for hunting. It was not put in the Constitution for self-defense. Very plain. It was put in the Constitution to be able to have the citizens have the ability to overthrow a tyrannical government. What would happen... If local churches started having firearms training on a regular basis, organizing their members into a well-regulated militia, that would, would be there awesome. be black helicopters flying around? <laughs> more than more than just black helicopters, <laughs> but there. That, but that's that's the that was the whole intent of the Second Amendment. Correct, and then for local churches to also take in constitutional teaching. Oh, now you're getting real radical. Oh. Well, much like the early Black Robe Regiment, yep. right? We talked about that before. God forbid that our churches start teaching their members how to be good citizens and giving them classes in civics. Citizenship in a republic. It's an yeah. old Teddy Roosevelt speech. I used to, when I was leading messes, chief messes in the Navy, every year we would come out with a batch of new chief petty officer selectees, and I would make them study that speech. Really? To take a stand in the arena. Because... It's important that we all get in that arena, get dirty, get bloody, get marred in defense of our constitutional principles. Well, you know, 
from a biblical standpoint, there's two places in the Bible where God says, I came down to the land and looked around and I could find no one to intercede for the people and stand in the gap. And the word intercede literally means to reach out and and do something. And isn't that what the whole idea of state intercession would be, is to stand up and say no? Right. Our state, our General Assembly in the state of Tennessee is supposed to be the body of government that stands in the gap between the federal government and the people's right. Bingo. I'm going to chop that out and save that one. That's a gem. Yes. And that's what I'm looking to do is to stand in the gap between the General Assembly's erosion of our rights and the people of Sevier County. Now, let me let me throw this out. You came the the pinnacle of your 30 year career in the Navy came at a point at the end where you were mentoring peers. If you were elected, would you propose some kind of a meeting on occasion to to ramp up and, sure. and, and and to mentor to your peers in the House of Representatives on how to be better representatives for the citizens? I would absolutely try that. But I know being as an independent, I am going to be excluded from a lot. Well, interestingly enough, on the other side, you would be probably able to attend a caucus of either of their sides. Absolutely. And I could talk to the people about exactly what happened. Without being disloyal. Right. To the machine. I don't have a party to be loyal to. The only people I have to be loyal to are the citizens of right. Sevier County. Heavenly Father, right now, if Larry, if you saw fit within your plan for Larry to be elected, I would pray that he would be able to get into the House of Representatives and be what you have groomed him to be, and that is literally a mentor to his peers there. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Larry, I I can see God's work in all of this. If if it is within his will to allow you to be elected and to stir up the spirits of the people in Sevier County, I can see you going in and being an agent of change in the House. I I, really do. I joke about it. I said, if I get elected, watch out, because next thing you know, the Capitol building is going to be on fire. I'm going to burn the party machinery down Figuratively. At the very you're, least, you're going to cause some smoke coming out of a few guys' ears. Absolutely. Being, making them to think about stuff that they've avoided thinking about. Right. Not that they don't know about, that they've avoided thinking about it. And it's often not brought up, and that's by design. Because, yes. again, government does not want to want to let you know that you have certain rights or that they are very limited in their power. Jury nullification is a, a, a de facto law that is hardly ever talked about, but a jury can literally convict or, or dismiss, acquit, regardless of what the judge says, regardless of what the witnesses say. They, can, they have an incredible amount of power, and so does the state. And it's something that we just have forgotten how much power our original Constitution reserved for each of the states And it's time we start to take that back. Absolutely. In fact, what are the first three words of the United, the federal constitution? We, the people. We, the people, all power is inherent in the people. The people are the king. Correct. It's it's an upside down triangle or, you know, the triangle. The the hierarchy doesn't go to a pinnacle, a point. The hierarchy is the base. That's right. And we've forgotten that. And again, that's by design, I believe. Our, Our public 
quasi-public, it's government education system, has been derelict by design in educating the people on our constitutional republic, both at the state and the federal level. All right, you mentioned education. We've got about a minute left before the station break, but I'm going to get into that because you've said a couple of things about education that were very profound, and having been a political activist, I'm 69. I've been in the game for almost 60 years. As When I was nine, I remember my dad telling me about the John Birch Society and how he had the first local chapter in California. So I've been in this game for a while, six decades, if you can imagine that. And I had not heard about the way you describe the school board. We're going to get into that when we get back. But I am shocked that right now there are some school board districts where you can't recall the officials. In every county in Tennessee. Every county is that way. The only stat, the statute only applies to a county with a certain population level, mm-hmm. and that county doesn't exist anymore. Wow. We'll be right back. Magna Carta, Bill of Rights, the Constitution, what's it worth? Welcome back to Talk Radio 92.3 FM and AM 760. You're listening to Richard May live out of the studios of WETR in beautiful East Knoxville. In studio today is Larry Linton. He is running for the House of Representatives in District 12, which is the basically the area around Sevier County. And if someone wants to reach out to you, Larry, what's the best way? First of all, you're trying to raise money for the general election. And I would imagine that you've pretty much locked yourself out of, of, of the whole Republican coffer. So it's important for you to be able to raise some some uh, campaign funds. How do people reach you to ask you questions or to uh, go ahead and support you? Well, they can go to my website of libertyleadershipandlies.com. That's all one word, libertyleadershipandlies.com. That's also the name of my podcast that I run at uh, a weekly full-length episode. It's Liberty, Leadership, and Lies with Larry Linton. My daughter came up with that alliteration. It's the L5. And, uh, or you can email me at Larry-FOR-TN12 at ProtonMail.com. And I can send okay. you the links or the address to okay. send money to. All right. So the, the big way to, to open that door is through Liberty Leadership and lies.com liberty leadership and lies.com he's got a, a a wonderful blog on there he's also on rumble and that would be another way to get get over there what's that rumble channel larry for tn12 larry for tn12 so that's like your email correct and you are how's proton working out i've been on it since they were in beta it's pretty good uh i am i'm not getting any spam or anything I get a little bit of, well, I'm only getting spam from all these campaign things because that's right. the address. Uh, so all these elections, electioneering type companies, but that's it. I don't yeah, get I'm, any other I'm, spam. I'm learning it. It's um, a pretty good system. Let's talk about the Tennessee conservatives. What What's going on with them? I mean, the, uh, the, the state organization. I understand they endorsed you. Oh, the, the Tennessee conservative, the news source. Yeah. Yes. They're, they're doing fantastic work in our state. They're about to hold a... Tennessee Freedom Summit up in yes. Nashville yep. next month. <clears throat> I advertise that on my blog and it's uh, on my podcast and on my website. I attended the uh, inaugural one last year. Brandon Lewis, the founder of the Tennessee Conservative, 
set that up. In fact, he's in town today for a family's baptism there in Knoxville. Hey, Brandon, if you're listening. Uh, so he set one up last year. I attended it. It was a fantastic event. There's another one coming up August 19th and 20th up in Nashville. That If you are any type of conservative-leaning person in this state, you need to make plans to attend it either in person or virtual. And for those of you that have not yet, I, I've been talking about them for the last six months or a year now, TennesseeConservativeNews.com. They do world, state, federal, local. They're, boy, if you want to know what's going on in politics at the state and local level, uh, this is the place to go, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. They're, they are, they have got their fingers on the pulse of every bit of conservative conservatism in our state and identifying and calling out the rhino. The, Very much so to the point where I think the editor's running for Senate in one of the— Well, no, a friend— Gary Humble, yep. he's uh, running for the state senate against Jack Johnson up there in uh, Middle okay. Tennessee. All right. That's who it is. All right. How did you get an endorsement from them? Did they reach out to you? No, I reached. I didn't reach out for an endorsement. I talked about some advertising. Uh, mm-hmm. One of their, uh, one of the guys that regularly answers the email besides Brandon. We've been back and forth, and they know about my podcast. They know about uh, So they had website. already been exposed to some of your work. Yes, and uh, he's... He said, "Hey, said, hey, uh, we're thinking about endorsing you. What do you think?" And I'm like, I-, "I would love it. I've been, you know, I've been endorsed by now the Tennessee Conservative and RestoreLiberty.org, and I'm also one of those good party candidates, certified candidates. Mm-hmm. Those are all independents running all over the country. So, yeah, but the Tennessee Conservative was a huge uplift. Uh, somebody that actually believes the way I do in the state of Tennessee. Right, they really do. I mean, this is the most legitimate conservative organization. Uh, Illinois Family Council is pretty legitimate." There's a few out there, but I was really pleased to see them get started, and they're starting to start making an impact. They are. And it, like I said, Brandon Lewis, he's doing God's work for us here in Tennessee. Yeah, he really is. So that was TennesseeConservativeNews.com, and you can look up Larry Linden's endorsement on there. Now, the other thing is is that you mentioned Gary Humble, and he's doing a lot of work as well for our cause, right? Correct. And that's Tennessee Stand. Correct. And he gets into current bills in the house, in the House, in the Senate, and right, and kind of into the inside baseball of the government and what's going on with with legislation. Correct. He's a real good watchdog on legislation. He is. He's he's called out a lot of good pieces to support or to oppose, and right. put that out to a lot of people throughout the state. Do you see any opportunity? Um, let's see, the summit is coming in August, right? August 19th. Are you going to be able to be there? No, um, sadly, I'm down in Tennessee or down in Texas. Oh, man. But there's an option for me to attend virtually, so okay. I'm going to do that. All right, because that would make a great place right. to make some connections. Um, is there anybody in Sevier County that you're looking to reach out to? Uh, well, I've, I'm in contact. I attend whenever I'm in town the Constitutional Conservatives of Tennessee meetings. You know, Sonny Cohn, mm-hmm. the director there, or the chairman there. And just any other group that really wants to throw off the apathy and, you know, get true servant leaders back into our General Assembly. Okay. I'm willing to work with anybody that will work to restore the proper role of government in our lives. Are you planning any kind of a meet and greet in Sevier County? Yes. i uh, got one coming up in sep- uh, first week of September, which is after the primaries are over with. Because those uh, seem to me in Tennessee still a very popular way to meet a candidate. It's not just even where a, a, spon- a, a sponsor promotes a group of them. I don't like those so much. I like where the individual candidate promotes a meet and greet. 
Yeah, so I'm doing that on September 6th at the Seymour branch of the Sevier County Public Library. Okay. It's right on Chapman Highway, right off Chapman Highway on West Macon Lane, 127 West Macon Lane in Seymour. Right. And that will be from 5 to 7, 7 p.m. on the night of the... What day of the week is that? That's Tuesday. Okay. And I'm looking to set up a few more. I'm trying to get out to the Sevierville Civic Center. Okay. Uh, the Pigeon Forge Public Library is not a very big conference room, so I'm looking for other venues. Community uh, centers or Community something venues. like that. Something that's not very expensive because yep. unless I get some more donors. i got a friend of mine that might be offering up his restaurant uh, down in Pigeon Forge to help me run a meet and greet down there. Okay. He's a big campaign supporter. As these develop, listeners, I will keep you posted on these new things, and we're hoping to have him, uh, him, Larry, <laughs> back here perhaps in October, maybe a little sooner. We'll see how the scheduling goes uh, to give us an update on how the campaign is going. But in the meantime, it's the... Liberty, Libership, and Lies.com. And I've listened to some of his uh, podcasts, and I have to tell you that they're very good. I, you would think that he was doing this as a, as a professional production in a studio somewhere. It, guys, this isn't like your average podcast where some guy sounds like he's in his garage and it's echoing all over the place. His content is really good. He brings up some interesting stuff. As a matter of fact, he said something at one of them recently that just riveted me. He ta- he was talking about the proximity of the school board to the citizen. And what was that you said? School boards are the body of government that is closest to the people. All right. We're going to be taking a station break here in a few seconds. But school boards are the closest form of Government. Government. To the people in their lives. To the people. I don't know that that's ever been fully explored or explained, but I want you listeners to think about this, that of what elected officials do you want the most access to? Do you want to be able to call up the sheriff and have lunch with him and know how he stands on issues? Maybe. It might be cool. What about your state representatives or your county commissioners? I say it's the school board. We'll be right back. 